Section 30 of The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume 4 by James Boswell, Section 30. And now I am arrived at the last year of the life of Samuel Johnson, a year in which, although passed in severe indisposition, he nevertheless gave many evidences of the continuance of those wondrous powers of mind which raised him so high in the intellectual world. His conversation and his letters of this year were in no respect inferior to those of former years. The following is a remarkable proof of his being alive to the most minute curiosities of literature. To Mr. Dilly, bookseller in the poultry, Sir, there is in the world a set of books which used to be sold by the booksellers on the bridge, and which I must entreat you to procure me. Footnote. The street, in square brackets on London Bridge, which before the houses fell to decay, consisted of handsome lofty edifices, pretty regularly built, was twenty feet broad, and the houses on each side generally twenty-six and a half feet deep. After 1746 no more leases were granted, and the houses were allowed to run to ruin. In 1756 to 7 they were all taken down. End of footnote. They are called Burton's Books. The title of one is Admirable Curiosities, Rarities and Wonders in England. I believe there are about five or six of them. They seem very proper to allure backward readers. Be so kind as to get them for me and send me them with the best printed edition of Baxter's Call to the Unconverted. I am, etc. Samuel Johnson, January the 6th, 1784. To Mr. Perkins, dear sir, I was very sorry not to see you when you were so kind as to call on me. But to disappoint friends, and if they are not very good-natured, to disoblige them, is one of the evils of sickness. If you will please to let me know which of the afternoons in this week I shall be favoured with another visit by you and Mrs. Perkins and the young people, I will take all the measures that I can to be pretty well at that time. I am, dear sir, your most humble servant, Samuel Johnson, January the 21st, 1784. His attention to the Essex Head Club appears from the following letter to Mr. Alderman Clark, a gentleman for whom he deservedly entertained a great regard. To Richard Clark, Esquire, dear sir, you will receive a requisition, according to the rules of the club, to be at the house as president of the night. This turn comes once a month, and the member is obliged to attend, or send another in his place. You were enrolled in the club by my invitation, and I ought to introduce you. But as I am hindered by sickness, Mr. Hull will very properly supply my place as introductor, or yours as president. I hope in milder weather to be a very constant attendant. I am, sir, etc., Samuel Johnson, January the 27th, 1784. You ought to be informed that the forfeits began with the year, and that every night of non-attendance incurs the mulct of threepence, that is, ninepence a week. 
on the eighth of january i wrote to him anxiously inquiring as to his health and enclosing my letter to the people of scotland on the present state of the nation Footnote. boswell's purpose in this letter was to recommend the scotch to address the king to express their satisfaction that the east india company bill had been rejected by the house of lords let us he writes upon this awful occasion think only of property and constitution let me add he says in concluding that a dismission of the portland administration will probably disappoint an object which i have most ardently at heart he was thinking no doubt of his expectations from the interest of an eminent person then in power End of footnote. i trust said i that you will be liberal enough to make allowance for my differing from you on two points the middlesex election and the american war when my general principles of government are according to your own heart and when at a crisis of doubtful event i stand forth with honest zeal as an ancient and faithful briton footnote. boswell condemns the claim of parliament to tax the american colonies as unjust and inexpedient this claim he says was almost universally approved of in scotland where due consideration was had of the advantage of raising regiments he continues when pleading at the bar of the house of commons in a question concerning taxation i avowed that opinion declaring that the man in the world for whom i have the highest respect dr johnson had not been able to convince me that taxation was no tyranny End of footnote. my reason for introducing those two points was that as my opinions with regard to them had been declared at the periods when they were least favourable i might have the credit of a man who was not a worshipper of ministerial power to james boswell esq dear sir i hear of many inquiries which your kindness has disposed you to make after me i have long intended you a long letter which perhaps the imagination of its length hindered me from beginning i will therefore content myself with a shorter having promoted the institution of a new club in the neighbourhood at the house of an old servant of thrales i went thither to meet the company and was seized with a spasmodic asthma so violent that with difficulty i got to my own house in which i have been confined eight or nine weeks and from which i know not when i shall be able to go even to church the asthma however is not the worst a dropsy gains ground upon me my legs and thighs are very much swollen with water which i should be content if i could keep there but i am afraid that it will soon be higher my nights are very sleepless and very tedious and yet i am extremely afraid of dying my physicians try to make me hope that much of my malady is the effect of cold and that some degree at least of recovery is to be expected from vernal breezes and summer suns Footnote i have really hope from spring 
he wrote on january the twenty first and am ready like almanzor to bid the sun fly swiftly and leave weeks and months behind him the sun has looked for six thousand years upon the world to little purpose if he does not know that a sick man is almost as impatient as a lover almanzor's speech is at the end of dryden's conquest of granada move swiftly sun and fly a lover's pace leave weeks and months behind thee in thy race johnson said this distinction of seasons is produced only by imagination operating on luxury to temperance every day is bright End of footnote. if my life is prolonged to autumn i shall be glad to try a warmer climate though how to travel with a diseased body without a companion to conduct me and with very little money i do not well see ramsay has recovered his limbs in italy footnote. he died in the following august at dover on his way home End of footnote. and fielding was sent to lisbon where indeed he died but he was i believe past hope when he went think for me what i can do i received your pamphlet and when i write again may perhaps tell you some opinion about it but you will forgive a man struggling with disease his neglect of disputes politics and pamphlets footnote on the last day of the old year he wrote to any man who extends his thoughts to national consideration the times are dismal and gloomy but to a sick man what is the public the original of the following note is in the admirable collection of autographs belonging to my friend mr m m holloway to the rev dr taylor in ashbourne derbyshire dear sir i am still confined to the house and one of my amusements is to write letters to my friends though they being busy in the common scenes of life are not equally diligent in writing to me dr hebberden was with me two or three days ago and told me that nothing ailed me which i was glad to hear though i knew it not to be true my nights are restless my breath is difficult and my lower parts continue tumid the struggle you see still continues between the two sets of ministers those that are out and in one can scarce call them for who is out or in is perhaps four times a day a new question the tumult in government is i believe excessive and the efforts of each party outrageously violent with very little thought of any national interest at a time when we have all the world for our enemies when the king and parliament have lost even the titular dominion of america and the real power of government everywhere else thus empires are broken down when the profits of administration are so great that ambition is satisfied with obtaining them and he that aspires to greatness needs to do nothing more than talk himself into importance he has then all the power which danger and conquest used formerly to give he can raise a family and reward his followers mr burke has just sent me his speech upon the affairs of india 
a volume of above a hundred pages closely printed i will look into it but my thoughts seldom now travel to great distances i would gladly know when you think to come hither and whether this year you will come or no if my life be continued i know not well how i shall bestow myself i am sir your affectionate etc samuel johnson london january the twenty fourth seventeen eighty four end of footnote let me have your prayers my compliments to your lady and young ones ask your physicians about my case and desire sir alexander dick to write me his opinion I am, dear sir, etc., Samuel Johnson, February the 11th, 1784. To Mrs. Lucy Porter in Lichfield, my dearest love, I have been extremely ill of an asthma and dropsy, but received by the mercy of God sudden and unexpected relief last Thursday by the discharge of twenty pints of water. Whether I shall continue free or shall fill again cannot be told pray for me death my dear is very dreadful let us think nothing worth our care but how to prepare for it what we know amiss in ourselves let us make haste to amend and put our trust in the mercy of god and the intercession of our saviour i am dear madam your most humble servant samuel johnson february the twenty third seventeen eighty four to James Boswell, Esquire, dear sir, I have just advanced so far towards recovery as to read a pamphlet, and you may reasonably suppose that the first pamphlet which I read was yours. I am very much of your opinion, and, like you, feel great indignation at the indecency with which the King is every day treated. Your paper contains very considerable knowledge of history and of the Constitution, very properly produced and applied it will certainly raise your character though perhaps it may not make you a minister of state footnote i sent it to mr pitt with a letter in which i thus express myself my principles may appear to you too monarchical but i know and am persuaded they are not inconsistent with the true principles of liberty be this as it may you sir are now the prime minister called by the sovereign to maintain the rights of the crown as well as those of the people against a violent faction as such you are entitled to the warmest support of every good subject in every department he answered i am extremely obliged to you for the sentiments you do me the honour to express and have observed with great pleasure the zealous and able support given to the cause of the public in the work which was so good to transmit to me boswell five years later and two years before the life of johnson was published boswell wrote to temple as to pitt he is an insolent fellow but so able that upon the whole i must support him against the coalition but I will work him, for he has behaved very ill to me. Can he wonder at my wishing for preferment when men of the first family and fortune in England struggle for it? 
Warburton said of Helvetius, whom he disliked, that if he met him, he would have worked him. End of footnote. I desire you to see Mrs. Stewart once again, and tell her that in the letter case was a letter relating to me, for which I will give her, if she is willing to give it to me, another guinea. Footnote. Out of this offer, and one of a like nature made in 1779, Mr. Croker weaves a vast web of ridiculous suspicions. End of footnote. The letter is of consequence only to me. I am dear sir, etc. Samuel Johnson, London, February the 27th, 1784. In consequence of Johnson's request that I should ask our physicians about his case, and desire Sir Alexander Dick to send his opinion, I transmitted him a letter from that very amiable baronet, then in his eighty-first year with his faculties as entire as ever, and mentioned his expressions to me in the note accompanying it. With my most affectionate wishes for Dr. Johnson's recovery, in which his friends, his country, and all mankind have so deep a stake. And at the same time a full opinion upon his case by Dr. Gillespie, who, like Dr. Cullen, had the advantage of having passed through the gradations of surgery and pharmacy, and by study and practice had attained to such skill that my father settled on him two hundred pounds a year for five years, and fifty pounds a year during his life, as an honorarium to secure his particular attendance. The opinion was conveyed in a letter to me, beginning, I am sincerely sorry for the bad state of health your very learned and illustrious friend Dr. Johnson labours under at present. To James Boswell, Esquire, dear sir, Presently, after I had sent away my last letter, I received your kind medical packet. I am very much obliged both to you and your physicians for your kind attention to my disease. Dr. Gillespie has sent me an excellent concilium medicum, all solid, practical, experimental knowledge. I am at present, in the opinion of my physicians, Dr. Heberden and Dr. Brocklesby, as well as my own, going on very hopefully. I have just begun to take vinegar of squills. The powder hurt my stomach so much that it could not be continued. Return Sir Alexander Dick my sincere thanks for his kind letter, and bring with you the rhubarb which he so tenderly offers me. Footnote, from his garden at Prestonfield, where he cultivated that plant with such success that he was presented with a gold medal by the Society of London for the Encouragement of Arts, Manufactures and Commerce, Boswell. End of footnote. I hope dear Mrs. Boswell is now quite well, and that no evil, either real or imaginary, now disturbs you. I am, etc. Samuel Johnson london march the second seventeen eighty four i also applied to three of the eminent physicians who had chairs in our celebrated school of medicine at edinburgh doctors cullen hope and munro to each of whom i sent the following letter dear sir dr johnson has been very ill for some time and in a letter of anxious apprehension he writes to me 
ask your physicians about my case this you see is not authority for a regular consultation but i have no doubt of your readiness to give your advice to a man so eminent and who in his life of gas has paid your profession a just and elegant compliment i believe every man has found in physicians great liberality and dignity of sentiment very prompt effusions of beneficence and willingness to exert a lucrative art where there is no hope of lucre dr johnson is aged seventy-four last summer he had a stroke of the palsy from which he recovered almost entirely he had before that been troubled with a catarrhous cough this winter he was seized with a spasmodic asthma by which he has been confined to his house for about three months dr brocklesby writes to me that upon the least admission of cold there is such a constriction upon his breast that he cannot lie down in his bed but is obliged to sit up all night and gets rest and sometimes sleep only by means of laudanum and syrup of poppies and that there are edematous tumours on his legs and thighs dr brocklesby trusts a good deal to the return of mild weather dr johnson says that a dropsy gains ground upon him and he seems to think that a warmer climate would do him good i understand he is now rather better and is using vinegar of squills i am with great esteem dear sir your most obedient humble servant james boswell march the seventh seventeen eighty four all of them paid the most polite attention to my letter and its venerable object dr cullen's words concerning him were it would give me the greatest pleasure to be of any service to a man whom the public properly esteem and whom i esteem and respect as much as i do dr johnson dr hopes few people have a better claim on me than your friend as hardly a day passes that i do not ask his opinion about this or that word dr munroe's i most sincerely join you in sympathising with that very worthy and ingenious character from whom his country has derived much instruction and entertainment dr hope corresponded with his friend dr brocklesby doctors cullen and munro wrote their opinions and prescriptions to me which i afterwards carried with me to london and so far as they were encouraging communicated to johnson the liberality on one hand and grateful sense of it on the other i have great satisfaction in recording to james boswell esq dear sir i am too much pleased with the attention which you and your dear lady show to my welfare not to be diligent in letting you know the progress which i make towards health the dropsy by god's blessing has now run almost totally away by natural evacuation and the asthma if not irritated by cold gives me little trouble while i am writing this i have not any sensation of debility or disease but i do not yet venture out having been confined to the house from the thirteenth of december now a quarter of a year 
when it will be fit for me to travel as far as affleck i am not able to guess but such a letter as mrs boswell's might draw any man not wholly motionless a great way pray tell the dear lady how much her civility and kindness have touched and gratified me our parliamentary tumults have now begun to subside and the king's authority is in some measure re-established on january the twelfth the ministry had been in a minority of thirty-nine in a house of four hundred and twenty-five on march the eighth the minority was reduced to one in a house of three hundred and eighty-one parliament was dissolved on the twenty-fifth in the first division in the new parliament the ministry were in a majority of ninety-seven in a house of three hundred and sixty-nine End of footnote. Mr. Pitt will have great power, but you must remember that what he has to give must at least for some time be given to those who gave and who preserve his power. A new minister can sacrifice little to esteem or friendship. He must, till he is settled, think only of extending his interest. If you come hither through Edinburgh, send for mrs stuart and give from me another guinea for the letter in the old case to which i shall not be satisfied with my claim till she gives it me please to bring with you baxter's anacreon and if you procure heads of hector boesi the historian footnote, in old aberdeen stands the king's college of which the first president was hector boesi or boesius who may be justly reverenced as one of the revivers of elegant learning End of footnote. and arthur johnston the poet i will put them in my room or any other of the fathers of scottish literature i wish you an easy and happy journey and hope i need not tell you that you will be welcome to dear sir your most affectionate humble servant samuel johnson london march the eighteenth seventeen eighty four i wrote to him march the twenty eighth from york informing him that i had a high gratification in the triumph of monarchical principles over aristocratical influence in that great country in an address to the king Footnote. horace walpole wrote on march the thirtieth the nation is intoxicated and has poured in addresses of thanks to the crown for exerting the prerogative against the palladium of the people End of that i was thus far on my way to him but that news of the dissolution of parliament having arrived i was to hasten back to my own county where i had carried an address to his majesty by a great majority and had some intention of being a candidate to represent the county in parliament End of section 30.